and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest today is Christine Elise McCarthy. Now, Christine's best known for her portrayal as Emily Valentine on Beverly Hills 90210. Horror fans know her as Kyle from Child's Play 2. Ironically, both of those franchises are being remade slash rebooted this summer. She gives her thoughts on both. Christine's done a ton of television work. She tells me the projects that she loved, that she hated. She's also a novelist, having written the book Bathing in the Single Girl. And if you listen closely, a couple of her furry friends chime in during the interview. Christine was super sweet. I had a lot of fun during this interview, and I hope you guys enjoy it as well. And helping me relive my youth today is Christine Elise McCarthy. Christine, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for doing this. Um, so I imagine when people say, oh, the first thing I saw you in was probably Beverly Hills or Child's Play 2. For me, the first thing I saw you in was when you guest starred in Head of a Class. <laughs> oh, that's one of my really earliest jobs. Maybe my second job ever. Right. How, how, how much fun was that show? Or Not. not? <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> No, I mean, uh, it wasn't fun because one, I was so nervous, and it's the sort of comedy that I'm not good at. It's sort of that sitcom-y, but I'm bum kind of punch set up set up punchline stuff, which I, I'm terrible on the show. If you, if you find them on YouTube and watch, I'm really, I'm not good. Um, and that was a tough cast too. Not, not all of them were super friendly. Some of them were great. Christine Hodge and Dan Frischman were really great, but uh, not everybody was great. And, so yeah, I was terrified and they felt intimidating and I wasn't good. So okay. <laughs> it's the biggest problem though. Right. So it was a credit. So that's so all you look at it. You move yeah. on, right? Do it. Yeah, exactly. So what originally drew? I think it did three of them. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. And and a lot of the cast went on to like be pretty big behind the scenes as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Dan Schneider pretty much runs Nickelodeon for all his shows. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. For him. Yeah. So what originally drew you out to Hollywood? Uh, I had started film school in Boston at Boston University. I went there for a year and then it just seemed like it made no sense to finish film school in a town that didn't have a film industry, um, which in 1983 it definitely did not. And it didn't make sense to finish college in a town where I couldn't do internships and stuff because I wanted to be a director, I thought. Um, so it didn't make sense to finish school in a town that didn't have any where I could get my foot in the door and start, you know, coming at this thing from both angles. And uh, so I moved to California to go to a state school at USC and UCLA at the time were state schools, and they were like $600 a semester, which is way cheaper than BU was at the time. And uh, I just thought I'd move to California, establish residency, learn my way around, and after a year, go back to school and then do internships and stuff as well. Um, but it didn't work out that way. I was 19. I didn't know anybody. I got here. I got a cashiering job on Rodeo Drive in like the first month, and I was there for two and a half years just making six bucks an hour and trying to make ends meet. And um, it became terrifying to me that I would end up never rising above retail, which is not something I have any interest in whatsoever. So I started taking... I took some night classes uh, in filmmaking. That was like, you know, eight years of a degree from a college nobody cares about. Um, so I took an acting class. I could take it after work because there were night classes for acting too. And I thought, if I'm going to be a director and start directing actors and trying to help them do their job, I should know what their job actually is. Right. And I did it and I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. So I decided to pursue that. Right. So um, I have to ask, how many dogs do you have? 
What's that? How many dogs do you have? I, I see the two wrestling yeah. behind you. Yeah, that's two of them. One, one's mine. I have, uh, this is my Frenchie. Let me see here. And my Frenchie uh, was Hayden. Oh, <laughs> this is Hayden. Oh, he's so cute. She's a rescue. And I'm babysitting Mr. Winston, my friend's little dachshund. Right. And I have a, so he's just a guest. And I have my Moxie. Oh, I, oh they're great. They're, they're a bunch of characters, yeah. Yeah. Guys, can you knock it off? Sorry. Oh, it's, it's totally fine. Uh, yeah, I... I definitely want to get another dog. My my son does. My wife, eh. But my daughter is definitely afraid for some reason. Like, oh. no, nothing ever happened to her, but I don't know why. So hopefully we can convince her because oh, I, yeah. I had a ton of dogs growing up, and they're the best. You know, they're, yeah. They're so much fun. To, I, I didn't. I always wanted them and was never never allowed to have one. So right. now that I'm adult, I typically have three. Yeah, yeah. I, I had three growing up, and they were all completely different, different personalities, and it's, it's, yeah. it's amazing, yeah. So, when you, uh, were you a fan of, like, horror movies before landing the role of Kyle in uh, Charles Play 2? Uh, not, and not specifically. I mean, I enjoy a good horror movie like anybody else. Right. Um, I really love The Exorcist. Um, but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, and I still am not a horror junkie. Right. Um, I like them when they're done well. I like any movie any movie when it's right. done well. I'll even like a romantic comedy <laughs> if it's done well. Yeah. Um, so no, and I hadn't seen Child's Play until, I don't know if I saw if I saw it once I had the audition or if I didn't see it until I got the job, but this is back in the 80s when you couldn't just click a few buttons and watch anything no. you want anywhere you want. You had to go to the video store and hope right. they had it in stock. Or they even carried it. If they had it, hope someone didn't already have it out. Right. And back then, people would take things out for a week at a time, you know. Yeah. So trickier business to do some research on stuff than it is now. Right, and you know, back then it was like a movie was big if it had two copies in the store. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? maybe. Yeah, if you were lucky. Yeah, absolutely. So now, like you know, the, the news just recently, the Mark Hamill is going to voice Chucky in the movie, and I know your thoughts about the whole reboot uh, of the movie. But what are your thoughts actually about Mark Hamill? Doing the voice of Chucky. I'm not a Star Wars fan, so I don't have any deep love for Mark Hamill. I don't have any disaffection. I have no negative feelings about him either. But I'm not. A, I'm not a Star Wars girl. So, uh, I mean, it's a different way to go. I'm a huge Brad Dourif fan. Yeah, I'm a fan too. of Brad's other work too. I'm right. just a fan of Brad's. I was really starstruck by him when I got to work with him the first time. I still actually get sort of uncomfortable and weird when I'm around him. Right. Um, yeah. And I just can't imagine Chucky sounding any other way. That said, it seems like it's a pretty good score for that film. I mean, he's a big name, and he'll bring he'll bring a lot of he'll put a lot of asses in seats. You know, a lot of people are a lot of people are Star Wars more people are Star Wars fans than are Chucky fans. You know, right? So it seems like a clever casting choice, but yeah, and we'll he, yeah, he does like so much other great voiceover work. He's probably best known for doing the Joker and the Batman cartoons, and you can. If Brad's not going to do it, I can see Mark because he, he can bring something to the table. But I know it's really tough because Brad is a legend doing all those. But he's is he still going to be doing the TV show that's proposed? Yeah. Right. Okay. And are you going to be involved at all? So I hope so. Rumor has it I am. But, you know, you, you can't count on that kind of thing until you're on a set, you know? Right. Of course. I want to be. For the record, I really want to be. Yeah, I, I I do too, and I'm sure a lot of fans definitely want you to as well. But like, what were some like the restrictions of like filming Charles Play Two? I know with um, Alex being, you know, obviously 
a kid and then you know the Chucky. So what were some some of the restrictions like filming them raw? As far as difficulties, you mean? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, Alex can only work like five hours a day or whatever and then go to school or three. He had a very short day because he right. was seven years old. And a puppet takes nine uh, puppeteers mm. to run. So whenever Chucky does anything mobile, mm. um, is nine guys, he's like an octopus with wires coming out of him. And his guys yeah. work every different part of his body. Those guys are all union actors, so they cost a lot. I was, it was an early job for me. I didn't cost a lot. They got me for nothing <laughs> right. for that movie. And um, so the way it worked was any scenes where they were, I was there with Alex and Chucky, which is the whole second half of the film for the most part. Right. Um, they shoot, you know, the, the establishing shot, which is the big Y, where you get the sort of geography of a scene. And then they come in and they shoot Alex, shoot his close-ups, and send him home. And then they shoot Chucky, because he was nine actors and I was one actor. He was more expensive than I am. Right. So they shoot Chucky out and send him home, too. And I would do all of my close-up work to tape on stand. Like, that red piece of tape over there, that's yeah. Chucky. That blue tape over there, that's Alex right. or Andy. And, and yeah. I'm doing all this sort of acting in a vacuum there's no other right. actors on set with me i started to get clever and, and try to keep myself physically as close to alex as i could in a lot of the stuff like i'm really like having like on me right. so that he can't shoot me unless he's actually there <laughs> so to get my days shorter yeah but uh um yeah that that was tricky and it, you know people ask it's weird working with a doll and it, it's not the doll is really lifelike when they when he it's it's not yeah. difficult to believe that he's real real enough you right. know and all acting is acting when you're doing a, a love scene or even a hate scene whatever with another person that you don't have those actual feelings for it's all pretend so right. it's almost easier working with a doll because he doesn't come with any personality you right. know it doesn't come with any ego or uh ideas you know ideas or there's just no conflict it's, just, it's a doll right. you know right so i imagine they they rolled in brad's lines later no, he recorded them beforehand. So, okay. um, and we need his lines to get Chucky's mouth to work, oh. so we know what we're what we're lip syncing to. Right. Um, so that's how I met I met Brad in a rehearsal. He had I ran my scenes with him, so he would get an idea of what I was going to do, and then he recorded all of his stuff. Right. And then one of the tricks they do sometimes on set is if, if Chucky's got a mouthful of stuff to say, they run the playback at half speed, so he's talking really slowly, right. so the puppeteers have more time to get the mouth right. 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 Yeah. And then speed it up, so speed up the you know speed it all up, and it looks great. Right. How many uh, different Chuckies do they have? I don't know a lot. Right. I don't know, and I don't have one. Oh. I never got one. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, but got, they just give those things away. They do not. Right. You got to buy it in the store, just like everybody else, right? <laughs> you can't. No, you can't buy those legit store no, no, movie no. Chuckies. No, yeah. The small ones. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're making a comeback. I see a ton of them like in Target now and, and stuff like that. Oh, there's, like a, there's like a big horror section. <laughs> The Trick or Treat Studios one that that right. did you know are you that one the five hundred dollar one yeah I that's crazy I have it's right behind me in the corner over there right. it's a it's it's on it's in that box that big that big oh, box yeah. up there <laughs> that's it um I did an unboxing of it I have, I have a cooking channel on yeah, YouTube and I, 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 I saw that unboxing of it that was brilliant I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've never actually done an unboxing like that before. I guess I should have gotten more into the texture of his hair and his right. the quality of his outfit. And I didn't really realize that until I watched somebody else's unboxing after I had done mine. Yeah. Um, but it's done by the people who are. It's legit, Chucky. It's done from the original molds and stuff. It's yeah. boxes from the the the, uh, the good guy boxes from the old print things from Universal. Like it's as close to the real thing as you're gonna get. 
It's right. best Chucky I have. Yeah, you should have could have had a uh, Brad voice a couple lines for you. That would have got a good <laughs> kick out. <laughs> I, I, it's people. If you look at the comments under that uh, my unboxing on YouTube, is a uh, you know most people are entertained. A couple a couple people you know ragged on me. Um, and people are complaining sometimes about the dimensions and stuff. The dimensions right. are exactly exactly yeah. accurate. Right. Because you complain his head's too small or his head's yeah. too big. No, yeah. it actually isn't. That's the mold for his head. And somebody else was complaining that it didn't speak and move. It's like, okay, because that's, yeah. if you have $45,000 for a doll, okay. Right, of course. Yeah, you have <laughs> nine people running it right there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, how difficult was it for you to, like, kind of keep it under wraps that you were going to be back in, like, Cult of Chucky? It was wicked hard because right. Alex had already done that. Yeah. And so people were anticipating another reappearance of an yeah. old character and so I got asked about it every single day right. and um, I mean literally every day yeah. somebody asked me yeah. often more several times in a day and I, I was not allowed to say I was in it and I wasn't allowed to say that I wasn't right. for a while I was saying I, was, I wasn't in it but Don Mancini was afraid that there would be fan blowback if they realized it wasn't if they thought for sure it wouldn't be me because fans were actually I think I was one of the more popular choices for fans to come back right um, not the only choice, obviously, but a, a popular one. And um, and and so I'm like, what can I say? If I can't say yes and I can't say no, what do I say? It's like, yeah. well, just smile and look coy. It's like it's usually on a direct message on Instagram. I can't right. smile and look coy. But right. I guess I use emoji faces Emo or something. Yeah, exactly. But I started saying things like, we shot multiple endings. I don't know which one they're going to use. And yeah. but it was hard. It was hard. Yeah, and especially now that you mentioned Instagram and the whole social media. If it was this was back in the, in the early '90s, then it would be totally fine. But it's, it's yeah, so exactly. difficult now. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the early '90s and 90210, um, you know, my my generation obviously, you know, loved the show. I was, I think, it was high school when it debuted, and for every show, you know, at class we talk about it. Uh, but when you auditioned for it, how much of it did you actually bring to the character? Was like description of Emily Valentine exactly what you gave it, or would you kind of mold it into something of your own? Um, no, she was initially the casting breakdown that went out for her said that she was drop dead gorgeous with cascading ass length, like hip length, right. red cascading curls, and would stop traffic with her beauty. Neither of those things describe me. They didn't describe me then. Um, and she had to sing and play guitar and ride a motorcycle, none of which I do either. So I went in there, and I guess I, I know I had to sing. I had to sing that Janis Joplin, Mercedes Benz in every audition. It was like three, at least three auditions where I had to sing that. Um, car, finally, acapella. And, uh, but I was the girl you saw. The, the outfit that I wear in the Hello Day when I'm singing Breaking Up is Hard to Do, right. that pink top with the motorcycle helmet and the, yeah. mo and the motorcycle boots, that's what I wore to one of the auditions. And um, they changed her to be me, really. I mean, as far as aesthetically, um, there was. I guess I've, I found I found out in recent years there was a lot of discussion about my hair and my roots showing. Um, right. That people were wanting to take care of that, and make sure get rid of my roots. And Aaron Spelling said, "No, she doesn't care if her hair looks like shit. That's great." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think my hair looked like shit, but uh, they all did apparently, and right. but they thought it was a great choice. So it was really just a function of me not having enough money to get my roots done often enough. It wasn't like right. a, a choice; it was a, a financial well, yeah. side, you know, side effect. Right, 
rent, dinner, you know, that's more important. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> of course. Exactly. Now, yeah, because that character, I mean, obviously did not fit in and, you know, which was great about that show because it brought kind of the authenticity to that character because everything else, you know, being in Beverly Hills and everyone's, you know, fake in this, you kind of brought that, you know, every person, you know, persona to that show. Yeah, I get told that a lot, and I'm really happy about that. I'm, I I identified with her when I first got the job because it was a whole don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. She looks like a bad girl. She looks like a slut, whatever, and she ends up being a virgin and a good kid. Yeah. And I love that that theme for that episode. Ultimately, they had her go crazy, which was a shame, and I was really bummed yeah. about that because I felt that it just flipped the whole thing of, of you can judge a book by its cover. Right. She looks crazy. She's crazy. Or she's blue collar. <laughs> like poor Ray Pruitt had to go crazy too because yeah. he was blue collar. Um, so the poor people go nuts on that show. I guess they can't get good mental health uh, care. <laughs> right. But um, but uh, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. But um, I lost my train of thought. So pardon uh, oh, me. just about being like, you know, the everyday person. Oh, on that yeah. yeah. So I get approached all the time by people who who were, felt like other than, like they felt other than in high school, yeah. whether they felt other than because of financial differences with the in their community or the, the different race, yeah. or they were gay kids or punk rock. I was punk rock in high school. Yeah. I was a way bigger outsider in high school than Emily Valentine right. would ever be. Um, and I like holding that place and that show for that community because all those communities, because I belong to them too. And, uh, and so it's, I think it's really great that, Especially, especially the gay community really felt spoken for by her. I um, interestingly, they did, and I liked that. Yeah. Now, you think um, with you know the whole reboot they did, uh, which was, I wasn't really a big fan of it. I think it was kind of like very racy, and you know, it wasn't as wholesome as yeah, you know, the the the, the original show. Do you think that that was like their intention, just to go completely like one eighty? Clearly. I mean, they, they went for it balls out, so yeah. that was not an accident. They definitely right. wanted to do that. I'm not, I was not, first of all, I wasn't the target audience for that no, show. Yeah, so my opinion yeah. of it is is moot. But um, yeah, I was kind of scandalized by it. I'm like, mm. oh my God, are kids in high school really doing coke and having threesomes? Like, I've never done coke and I've never had a threesome. And these kids are in high school doing it. Has yeah. <laughs> it really gotten that crazy out there? But uh, but yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I didn't watch that or two, I know, really, mm. either, the real one. So, right. Um, are, are you so, are you able to watch the stuff that you do or no? I can. I don't. You don't right. I, <laughs> I mean, if I happen upon it, I might stay in it for a little bit. It's uncomfortable. I especially really hate when I write. I have to kiss anybody on any show. Right. I have to kiss. It's. I, I have to look away. It's so horrifying. Yeah. Even with Jason, and I lived with Jason at the time. Like eventually, when we became yeah. a couple, and, right. and we did those. My character's return when she's in San Francisco with the dark-haired episodes. Right, I was right. living with Jason, and then you think that those kissing scenes would be less awkward, and they were not. Yeah. It's just awful. It's an <laughs> yeah. awful thing to have to do. Right. I guess when you're kind of forced to kiss, then it makes it pretty pretty it awkward. Yeah. Right. And you got to make sure you get the with the kiss. Lighting, it's just awful. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing to do with what yeah. a kiss is actually like. Which is why I hate when people ask me what it's like to kiss somebody that I've kissed on a screen because I wouldn't pretend to know. I don't that I don't think that's how they kiss any real person. Right. Yeah. Now, are you, are you pretty fortunate that, like, when you had your relationship that with Jason, that it wasn't during the social media era? It was just a couple, you know, the tabloid shows and that's it? Yeah, absolutely. It would have been devastating because back then, all the, the internet was pretty new and nothing streamed. Right. Um, so, and there was no Facebook or anything. So if you wanted to read bad stuff about yourself, I mean, there weren't even, like, there wasn't even, like, news 
like TMZ online. Not none of it. You have to like search it out and go to like nine hundred two one zero chat rooms on AOL and yeah, Yahoo message boards yeah. and stuff, which I did do. Uh, <laughs> and I did. I'm sure I read a lot of nice things about myself, but I read all you remember is the bad. And some people people are fucking mean, man. Yeah. And um, the two things that stick out are now funny in hindsight. Somebody called me Emily Emily Frankenstein. And somebody else in that re- reaction to that little brown bob, that Louise Brooks bob I had, called me um, right. a donkey in a Dutch boy wig. Oh, um, and it was devastating. I was really horrified by it. And it, but I still get hassled now. I get I get I get negative right. attention a lot still. I'm not even out there doing much these days. So it's I don't know how anybody like I I went and looked at the what's Olivia. Olivia Jade or whatever, the daughter, oh, yeah, is that her uh, name? Lori oh, Laughlin, yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of what those people did. I think that that's really wrong. I, I, you know, I think that kids that earn their places in those spots deserve them. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. You know, when you already have your everything that this country could possibly offer, you already have access to it, and you're going to steal more from somebody who doesn't have access. That's a bummer, but I went and looked at her Instagram account and read the stuff that they were saying to her, and I, I, I don't, I don't, they were like, just go kill yourself, you, you know, really really harsh i felt really bad for her she should shut her account down because I, i'm sure she's reading them and she must be suicidal yeah. it's just incredible people are incredibly mean right and especially i mean whether or not she knew that what her parents were doing but still i mean it's 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 unfortunate but you know i get parents made the bed so they gotta <laughs> yeah no i know that's, that's uh, yeah but still it's just if you i i I would like to be in a position where I was successful enough that more haters came out of the woodwork. But <laughs> 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 they weren't, they weren't, didn't exist at all, though. I mean, it, right. It's a, it's terrible. It's really hard. It does take a toll to have to say it. it as much as you try to let it just, wa- you know, like water off a duck's back. Right. It does. Yeah. It does have impact. I, I, I can only imagine. Now, when you when you played played her, I mean, her character was such Emily that is like such a lightning rod. Uh, what was like your favorite part about playing the character? Well, my favorite part was the the episodes before she went crazy. Um, it was really hard for me to play those ones when she was stalking and yeah. doing weird stuff, and um, because for me to play a character, I have to believe in what they're doing. I have to be I have to be on the character's side, right. you know. Yeah. Um, and it was difficult to be on her side, the stuff that she was doing. Um, so that was hard. It was, but the but that was a really fun set. Jason and Luke and I and Brian, um, really funny, goofy guys, and um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot in that set from Jason about I mean, Jason's. I was still new and nervous, and Jason could do things like be in the middle of a scene with me, and he, without even looking down, he could see that I wasn't on my mark, and well, without even missing a beat, just reach out of frame and pull me onto my mark while he's talking to me, like, and and I just learned a lot about how he treated. The crew and uh, how they all there's a family there, and it was um, it was an po- overwhelmingly positive experience. Right, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about Luke now. I mean, the tragic passing. Um, can you share some, I guess, good stories that you had, you know, with Luke throughout the years? Uh, Luke, my story. I've told the same story about Luke since the first time anyone asked me about Luke, which right. is Luke was the person that took care of me on that first episode. He was the one I made sure I had somebody to have lunch with. I think I did my first scene that I ever shot for the show. I could be misremembering, but I feel like it's a scene where I meet Dylan before school. Right. I think that might have been the very first scene I ever shot. And he was 
just a really warm, generous guy from the very first minutes of meeting him. Um, I didn't spend a whole lot of time with Luke when I was when I wasn't working on the show because you know Jason Jason was doing the show still, and Jason's doing eighty hour weeks and seeing Luke you know for twelve hour shifts in a day. You don't want to go out to dinner then with that same person you've been with for yeah. eighty hours in a week. Right. You go out with people that you haven't had a chance to see. Yeah. So we didn't socialize with those with rest of the cast much at all. Right. But uh, but not out of any lack of affection. Right. Of course. You know it's like you know you're working with like everyday people. You know you stay as far yeah. away from them as possible. So, you know until you get back to work. Um, now you the reboot with uh, Charlotte's Play. Now they're bringing back 90210 in the summer. Um, had they spoke to you about a re recurring on the show at all? Again, it's much like the Chucky thing. They talked about yeah. it, but I don't. I, I don't. Right. And again, much like Chucky, I would be very happy to go back. I would right. love to be there for all six of those yeah. things that they're shooting. Um, but I don't know. I could do one. I could do six. I could do none. Right. I, I, really comes down to what they write and, and mm -hmm. where the stories go, I guess, you know. Right. So it's pretty much they told you not to say anything, right? <laughs> I did talk to them, and right. they were like, you're awesome, and we'll see. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. So. Yeah, of course. I mean, six episodes, they have a lot of stuff to get into those episodes. So hopefully they'll Yeah, and they're actually yeah. too, yeah. So. Yeah, and you actually wrote on, on the show as well. I did. Yeah, I didn't realize that McCarthy was your last name, and then um, – Obviously, use a legacy middle name, right? Or for your stage name, yeah. right? Yeah. So, what made you decide to to use McCarthy for those writing credits? I always regretted dropping my last name to right. be an actor. I did it because my 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 birth name is Christina Louise McCarthy. So, I dropped the McCarthy basically because I just couldn't. I felt like a fraud. I didn't. I didn't feel like Christine McCarthy from Boston, Mass, would ever be taken seriously as an actor. I needed some sort of a something to hide behind. And right. just that name change was just enough of a thing to hide behind. It took me forever to be able to say it out loud. I never, you know, I didn't, it's an awkward name, Christina Lee's, I don't like the name. <laughs> and I even took my name back, McCarthy back as an actor for a little while. But then okay. it got everybody here in town confused. They all thought I got married and, right. and people, or my agents weren't smart enough to pitch me as Christina Lee's, even though I was still using McCarthy. They'd pitch me as Christine McCarthy. It's like, well, they don't know who she is. Right. <laughs> they don't know who Christine McCarthy, what are you doing? That could be on my credits. You don't have to pitch me with that name. Right. So I ended up getting going back. So I I mucked with my brand. Mm -hmm. The brand is Christina Lee's, and I totally mucked it up. I did the yeah. Christine McCarthy stuff as writing. I guess I don't know. I just wanted Christine McCarthy to get a credit too. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, pretty much like the John Cougar Mellencamp of acting, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Did you enjoy uh, writing on the show when you did? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, I did. It's because I was just a um, a freelancer, like I'm not part of the writing staff. They, and the story, because the show, the whole season right. is a story that are on, all on arcs, so you can't just come in and write a freestanding yeah. thing, or, right. which is actually what I pitched. The, the way I got the job to do it was I, I was watching Jason just take advantage of every opportunity he had there in creating opportunities, like directing and stuff. And I, and I, that that was another eye-opening thing for me to see, like you can branch out and do other things and develop other skills when you're in this sort of safe community of people that already like you. Right. Um, and so I pitched an idea. I pitched that the the gang. I think Shannon had left the show at, the, at this point in time. So I think the gang consisted of Tori, Jenny, Gabby, I am Brian, Luke, Jason, yeah. and I pitched a Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Okay. They, they go on a booze cruise right. and they get turbulent water and then yeah. Donna slips and bumps her head and she has that dream. Right. 
stage if they're it's Gilligan's yeah. Island, where Gabby, Gabby and Jason are Mr. and Mrs. Howell, mm-hmm. and uh, Tori would be uh, Marianne, and Jenny would be Ginger, mm-hmm. and Ian would be the skipper, and Ryan would be Gilligan, Gilligan yeah. and Luke would be the professor. <laughs> um, and then, and then it would be the the I don't know if you've ever watched Gilligan's oh, Island. Yeah, Did you? Do you remember the episode with the British band, like the mosquitoes oh, got yes, stuck yeah. on the island? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was gonna do that, that okay. episode, remake that episode. Right. And Aaron loved the idea, and they but they couldn't get the rights from is it Sher- Sherwood Short Schwartz? Yeah, yeah Sherwood Schwartz. Uh, yeah, who also did they, Brady Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he yeah he didn't at the time like in 1993 or whenever it yeah. was, uh, he they were thinking they were gonna do a Gilligan's Island feature, right. and so they. They wouldn't let us do it. I don't, I don't think they ever did a Gilligan's Island feature. No. So. Yeah, because they did Brady Bunch. I would imagine they were just going to do all his his work. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah that, that would have that been interesting. The one thing about Gilligan's Island is I love it. They always have the guest stars come, and but they can never take anyone with them on the, when I, they leave. I, yeah, all the guest stars get off the island, oh, no problem. So, right, exactly. And how many times the Harlem Globetrotters get on the show and just like, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, I don't know why they had suitcases full of costumes and stuff for the three-hour tour yeah. either, but they all had a lot of luggage. <laughs> right, <laughs> of course, yeah. But yeah, speaking of being an island, um, one of the shows you guessed on was one of my favorite, very underrated. I used to watch my mom was China Beach, and yeah, that was well written, well well done, and um, yeah. How, how much fun was that show? That's my favorite job yeah. of my life. Right. Uh, it was also really early, but I, it's my favorite job because the writing is so great. The other actors are so great and so yeah. supportive, and they had me. They gave me really challenging material to do. It's really emotional stuff right. that I wasn't. I'm not trained or anything, yeah. so I wasn't sure I was going to be able to rise to the challenge. And, and because of the excellence of the writing and the support and incredible acting of the other actors, yeah. I was able to sort of get places emotionally. Uh, that I didn't think I could. Right. So it made me feel like a, an actor really for the first time in my life. Yeah, and it's a shame because that show, if like had it been on now for all those different sites and streaming services and channels, that would have lasted longer than the four seasons, I think it yeah. did. Yeah, so it's, it's a shame. And then ER, you were powerful in there playing Harper. That was another, uh, you know. Yeah, that's the same people as China Beach. So it's, a, it's the same right. producers right. and stuff yeah. and a lot of the same crew even. Right. So that was a great show to do because, again, really well written, incredibly yeah. well written, really well acted, and uh, and I knew a lot of people. It felt like family there for me because yeah. I had a relationship and had gone back a bit because of China Beach. So right. did they uh, did ER reach out to you for that, or do you like kind of audition, or they just kind of? I know I had your... to audition. Oh, okay. I was the last person, literally the last person that auditioned for it, though. Um, I don't know why they waited for the last minute to bring me in, but they did. They brought me in on a Monday at like 11 o'clock in the morning. They had me come back at six o'clock that night to do a chemistry read with Noah, but Noah ended up not being free. So they just had me do the reading again. Right. She had the job that night and I was at work at seven o'clock the next morning. Wow. Yeah. I I was literally the last actress they saw. Right. Character also was, I didn't know what the breakdown said about her, but that character was, the prototype was Helen Hunt from Mad About You, okay. which is more preppy and straightforward. Right. And I went in with red lipstick and jack boots and oversized chinos, and cause yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't see the breakdown. So I went in as myself right. with boots and everything, and the same thing happened. They made me wear that red lipstick and the rooted hair for the whole run of that show. Right, yeah. Were you, um, were you, kind of surprised how um, like George Clooney kind of took off as a result of that show? No, you could yeah. feel it. You could feel the energy off of him. Yeah. 
when you meet him, he just has that something sparkly about him. And he's super, 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 super nice. He's one of the people, like Luke Perry, he's one of the few people in town that nobody says anything bad about. He's a lovely guy, but you really could feel it. I don't know what, the je ne sais quoi. Right. He, he had, he had that, I, I'm going to be huge. Yeah. All, all over him. Right. And, and he was far from like an overnight success. I mean, he did so much work before even ER. And he did another pilot called ER. Right. I remember the comedy. ER. Yeah. It was, yeah. And then Golden Girls, he guest starred on, and uh, Facts of Life, he was on. So, I mean, you know, I guess th good things happen to good people who, uh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, let's talk about like, what you're, you're doing now all your, you know, your photography, your food blogger, you know, your novel. And the, the movie I, I watched, was, which was. Very, very funny, and I'm looking forward to reading the book, uh, Dating the Single Girl, right? And um, yeah. yeah, so what was kind of the inspiration for first the movie and then the novel? Um, in LA here, there's a an improv theater called Upright Citizens Brigade, okay, right. and it's right down, it used to be right down the bottom of my hill. And um, a writing friend of mine and I used to go and see this show there called Four Stories in a Cover. It was four people reading like 2,000 word essays true life comic essays about themselves. And then one person would do some silly cover song. So four stories in a cover. And we saw a bunch of them. They were always great. She said, I'll challenge you. You write one and submit a story. I'll write and submit. I did. She didn't. I submitted. It was, it was what you end up seeing in the short film. So I did it. And then my friends were like, oh, that's so funny. But you should have recorded it so your agents can see that you're funny. So I did it again at a different um, theater called The Naked Angels and recorded it, but just bullshit, like iPhone recording. Yeah. And, um... And then I posted it on Facebook, and a friend who's a like a director of photography for like glamour commercial photography, like Breck L'Oreal ads and stuff, like women female beauty. Right. Um, he saw it, so that's really funny. But it looked so ugly. We should shoot a short film of it, um, and we did. I shot a day, a couple of days with him, and then he got frustrated with me. He, he we had a difference of uh, we had creative differences. Right. And, uh, he's like, ah, I'm tired of this. You can have the footage. And so <laughs> I had another friend come and shoot the balance of it for me. I shot that over a year, five days each, like a month or two apart. Um, I do it in different settings, and just and then just to break it up, because I watched it was all in one one place. All 10 minutes of it was in one location initially, which is mind-numbingly boring to watch. So I, I'd watch it, and then we'd cut in the new stuff where I thought I needed some pacing breaking up, and then I'd look for where it needed more pacing and then think of new things we could shoot to cut them in, new locations. It's all shot in my house, too, okay. and shot it for free. Um, to, so I, I ultimately directed it. And um, and so that did 100 film festivals. It did 100 wow. film, regional American film festivals with it. And then somebody saw the short and said, you know what you should do? You should write a novel. If you have, if you can come up with more stories like that, you should write a novel. So I did. That's great. And uh, bathinggirl.com is where you can find it, right? Bathingbook.com. Bathingbook, I'm sorry. Bathingbook.com. Yeah. 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 Do you have any uh, plans of writing another book? Yeah, I do, actually. And I've been not, oddly, I think the next one I want to try to do is more of a sort of a series of essays, memoir okay. essays. Which will be um, an entirely a 180 tone shift. It'll be grim and dark, not, not dirty comedy. Yeah. Not dirty comedy. <laughs> yeah, dirty comedy. Uh, that book, though, that book is my proudest achievement in my life. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it. I just I downloaded the Kindle version, so I'm looking forward to, to reading it. Now, it's, uh, a it's a guilty pleasure. I promise you, you'll have to put it down at least four times because you're laughing. I promise you, at least okay. four times. At least four times. Okay, definitely, definitely. Now, how um. And, I'm gonna blush. I promise you'll blush. Oh, cool. 
cool. I, I love that kind of humor, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Now, how many how many like publishing houses and like do you have to go through because you, the book is so raunchy to actually get a you know a deal? I didn't get a deal. Oh, I self published it. Self -publish oh, okay. Yeah, I, I have an agent, and she sent it out to a bunch of people. Oh, every all every every publishing house you ever heard of. Right. Um, and all the rejection letters were ridiculously generous and effusive. Right. Like, right. oh my god, this is hilarious! You're such a great writer. It's not for us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, they thought it sounded too much like Chelsea Handler. Or they thought it. You know, they just. Um, and it's similar in tone to hers, but her stuff is memoir, and mine isn't. Mine's fiction. Yeah. Um, I rewrote about fifty percent of it at one point, okay. and my agent was like, "Need to make it either more mainstream or more edgy." Because uh, right now it's straddling a line where people who want a mainstream book aren't gonna like. Well, it starts off sort of mainstream and it gets edgier. Right. Not gonna like what they get, and people who are gonna like the edgy part aren't gonna get there because they're not gonna like this mainstream beginning. So I went edgier. So the book. And I'm immensely happier with it. Right. With it, right. So good. I'm really proud of it. I promise you, it's funny. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I, I definitely look look forward to it. Um. Also, your your food porn site. Uh, I'm I'm not really a uh, vegan. I'm unfortunately I'm a meat eater. I have to eat a little bit healthier. But some of the things you had on there, even looked delicious to me. On the channel, on the YouTube channel, yeah. yeah. The, I had the blog for like six years, I think it is now, and the channel is only two years old. Um, and the channel is delightful, delicious, the lovely. So it's a site. Right, um, it's on YouTube. Uh, but thank you. Yeah, the channel is not geared toward feeding vegans or preaching to the choir. Right. I'm not one of those vegans that thinks to stand on a soapbox and tell everybody right. how great I am and how bad everybody else is. And um, I don't believe in that. I don't think it converts anybody. Yeah. Um, and that's my goal is to get people to eat less meat. You know, maybe I can't give it up entirely, but to cut yeah. it out, even be just conscious of how much you're eating it and think about what it takes for you to that end up on your plate. Uh, and to make food that is really a reasonable replacement. Right. Not something, it's not like you're living on carrots and bean sprouts, yeah. you know? Right. And like even like, um, I saw like yesterday Burger King announced that they're uh, teaming up with Impossible Foods to make a veggie Whopper. It's available in every store, yeah. I heard. Yeah, I think that's great. They're rolling out in the cities. All 7,200, whatever there are, Burger Kings are all doing it, so that's great. Carl's Jr. has already done it. Fat Burger out here has done it. It's right. great. No, that's good because, I mean, to eat, to eat, you know, eat all that stuff, it's you gotta, it's a little expensive. You know, cause it can't. It, it can't be. It depends on what you do. Right. You eat processed stuff. The processed stuff is more expensive, but... You're making stuff from scratch. Like a lot, a lot of the Asian and Indian things I make, they're not. It's it's vegetables and rice and pastas and stuff. That's not expensive. Right. But the, the those vegan burgers, like the ones that Beyond Meat makes, they make Beyond Meat makes an unbelievably great sausage. But it's like eight bucks for four sausages, which isn't that bad. I bet if you bought big four big real meat ones, it would cost eight bucks. Right. Yeah. That's, that's not that's not so bad. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. How um how often do you uh like produce your videos for your channel? I've been so bad. I used to, I, I, in the beginning, when I first started, I was really gung ho and I was putting them out like two and three in a day. I was right. just crazy. Yeah. And it was, they, they weren't getting any traction because I was dumping so many in the, into the market that it's, they, they, they cancel each other out, you know? Yeah. Um, so then I sort of settled into about once a week. Okay. Um, but I've been bad the last couple of weeks. I've been distracted by other matters and I haven't done it. The other, the other thing is, I have to eat everything I make. And uh, so right. I make a big old thing of pasta or whatever, or giant pot of beans. I have to eat that by myself for the next until it's gone. So, right. 
Right, right. Yeah. And I'll, I'll leave you with this. Um, back to acting for, for a sec. Um, playing Carol O'Connor's daughter on In the yeah. Heat of the Night. I mean, he, legend. I mean, I love Archie Bunker. Uh, and th that show was really enjoyable, too, um, In the Heat of the Night. Um, what was that experience like in working with... Uh, That's... he. I, work, I grew up watching, you know, All in the Family, so he's an icon for me. Um, it was really exciting to work with him and he was unbelievably lovely to me he really for some reason liked me it's another job where i went in not looking like the character right. but they did not cater to me in that case they maybe <laughs> they, they they really mainstreamed me up and like i have like five piercings in each ear they would mm -hmm. go so far as to like try to put makeup on my ears so you wow. couldn't see any of the extra right. piercings like that was so too edgy for them i wear a lot of like laura ashley flower yeah. oils and like my hair is ridiculous it's it's a hilarious for me to look at myself and the stuff they put yeah. me in because it's so conservative right um but he was just really great at one point he was even talking about maybe giving me a spinoff from that show oh wow huh. was, I was, i'm a big fan of carol's yeah yeah me too but uh christine this was great thank you so much uh bathingbook.com everyone get it i'm gonna read it soon i'll definitely let you know how many times i laugh out loud over, yeah, on, over under is four back. over under is four right <laughs> And hopefully, yeah, and hopefully we'll see you this summer in 90210. Yes, fingers crossed. And a special thanks to Christine for joining me today. Go check her out on Twitter at C. Elise McCarthy. Instagram is Christine Elise McCarthy. Her YouTube channel is Video Vegan. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the first 019. Be sure to like the page Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. Shows on SoundCloud, Podbean, and also on Spotify. On Spotify, just search "You're Living My Youth," all one word. Go to tpublic.com for all your Living My Youth merchandise. And coming up on Friday, it's a bonus episode this week. Probably the most memorable guest star in Saved by the Bell's history. We'll see you Friday.